and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of this show is to help you improve your English and, of course, learn something new. My name's Katya, I'm your host, and today with me, Barbara and Benjamin. Dear listeners, you know, we are doing our best to be as useful to you as possible. And, you know, we would love to get some feedback about it. Subscribe to our pages on Apple, Yandex, SoundCloud, Google, or any other platform and let us know what you think about our show. Rate review our podcast, give us stars, leave some comments, ask questions, and feel free to send your ideas about our next episodes. Well, you can get in touch on Instagram, Telegram. We are everywhere. So don't hesitate to reach out if you have anything to say. So it will help us a lot to become even better. Right? Right. Absolutely. Do you like chatting with our listeners? I sure do. <laughs> yes, we do. So, and today we are here to talk about something, well, quite extraordinary, I would say, which is artificial intelligence. So, do you have a lot to say on the topic of artificial intelligence? Yes, we do. Sure do. <laughs> let's let's talk about all those um, stereotypes and preconceptions about it. And I think it would be smart to first talk about what is it? I mean, what is artificial intelligence? How do you understand that? I guess we could say it's the use of technology in order to help humans achieve certain goals or aims. I guess that's the easiest way of describing it. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I think of robots, mm -hmm. and robots are supposed to be able to do things um, maybe better than humans, but mm -hmm. they don't have emotions like we do, so yet. they're emotionless. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the scary part. All right, so, but um, what makes then AI different from, let's say, a vacuum, is vacuum cleaner an AI, an example of AI? Well, that's a good question because now you have those modern vacuum cleaners. Oh, which, that's right. The, which, the Roomba. Um, what are they called again? Roomba. Roombas. Yes, where the cats like to take a ride. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> have you seen videos? Adorable of, yeah. videos, I know. Well, so the cat sits on top yeah, of the, yeah, the robot vacuum cleaner. Oh, I love those videos, yes. Yeah. But so are they AI? What I, about a coffee maker? Yeah, see, these are the beginnings of it because I had to think about uh, my first experiences of what led to what we call AI. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I could think of was, I don't know if you know this or not, but banking hours used to only be five hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, used to be like it would open up at 10 in the morning and go to three in the afternoon. And so if you were in the workforce, you had to go on your lunch hour. And then they expanded it. And of course, when they had drive-through later and then the ATM. So it's mm -hmm. going to, it's progressing this way. Um, so I think we could consider these vacuum cleaners at least on the pathway to mm -hmm. the you know, ex extreme or elite AI. Mm -hmm. Well, I would uh, say that my understanding of AI, it's um, that it's a tool that has the ability to learn and act accordingly. So let's say if that's a vacuum cleaner that, you know, the old fashioned vacuum cleaner, that I would say it is not an example of artificial intelligence because it is just a tool that is controlled exclusively by a human. So I decide when to switch it on and switch it off and how to do everything with it. But let's say the modern ones that you have mentioned, by the way, the Roombas, 
I would say that this is already an example of AI because you just turn it on and then it goes on its own around the apartment. Do the Roombas, whatever they're called, do they switch themselves on or do they have to be activated by... They have to be activated, but later on they, you know, act on, on their own. So you just activate it and then it goes, you know, on its own route around the house. So it decides what to clean and what not. Sometimes it might have a trouble if there's a carpet because it's like yeah. it sends messages like can't get on an obstacle. <laughs> oh, do you an have obstacle. one at home? My sister does. That's so cool. So does she have like an app on her smartphone? Oh, yeah. Which... yeah. You can give it a name. Like I have a friend who gave um, a name to her um, Roomba and she named it Meatball. Meatball. And then you get messages like Meatball is back at the station. <laughs> Now, you use the word learned rather than programmed. So are you saying there's going to be something, there's a difference between it learning and being programmed? They say that, yes. So programming is more about the current state, let's say, of AI. And they say that the aim of AI is to learn on its own so that you have some, you know, initial settings. And then depending on the surrounding, the machine will learn how to behave accordingly. Maybe we'll rely on the Roomba to make our life's decisions then. <laughs> okay, well, now we have, okay, Google, what should I do? Maybe it'll be, okay, Roomba, what university yeah. to get to? <laughs> you know, funny as it may sound, I would not even be surprised at this point. <laughs> like our world is evolving way too fast sometimes in terms of technology. Well, a few years ago, I read an article about how advanced South Korea is mm -hmm. in technology. And they were talking about a lot of um, in the in the field of medicine. So you can do something at home and then somehow contact your doctor mm -hmm. through this technology. And I think that's also the pathway. But it doesn't ex it doesn't describe what you're describing of having its own. What do you mean contact your doctor? So you so the doctor is contacted when a heart monitor is uh, triggered that, or something. And also if you have, let's say you took a blood sample or something at home and then you can enter something through some device and it would reach the doctor and the doctor can make some kind of prognosis on it. It's very attentive. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, but it still doesn't, it doesn't come up to the point of making its own decisions. Fair enough. But I, I still think that it's already AI. At least, you know, I mean, that would already be AI, but it's not as advanced as people hope it would be. And Maybe not yet. And it must be controversial. Do, do everyone, does, does everyone want it oh, to be? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a very controversial topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also very, a very scary topic. Well, it, it's, it, you can equate it with a cloning, like cloning a sheep or yeah. cloning. It's very controversial. Yeah, do you remember the story of Dolly the sheep? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was quite freaky, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, giving too much power to something. That goes against our love of freedom. And that, that's the scary part. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh, what if we talk about AI used in our lives now? So we have talked about Roomba. Okay, how else is AI used? What other devices? On, on smartphones, those uh, QR codes or something. Isn't mm -hmm. that something like some kind of intelligence? You just flash something across something and then uh, messages are transmitted. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. have one, so I don't know. <laughs> but I see people in the grocery store going, flash, flash, swipe, swipe. Look at me, I've got a QR. To be honest, I don't 
I don't ever use QR codes unless. Neither I'm, do I. Yeah, to be honest, I've never. I mean, I have used them like once or twice, but actually, do you use them frequently, Barbara? Or I, I never. I don't have one downloaded. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe they're not swiping QRs. Maybe they're swiping their loyalty card or something. Maybe that. Yeah. I mean, with QR QR codes. I, well, I have had situations when I thought, oh, that would be cool if I had one, you know, but I don't even know, do I have an app for it? I know that some people have like a built-in function in their phones, like, you know, to scan QR codes. Well, I've got a really old iPhone 5. I refuse to <laughs> get a, a newer one in it. My iPhone 5 has a QR code reader. So, you know, the home screen, which you activate mm-hmm. if you have an iPhone, it you have the option to activate a QR code reader option at the bottom if you so wish to. Yeah. Well, that's the iPhone user's, you know, privilege. (laughs) iPhone privilege. (laughs) The built-in function of QR reader. I'll use another R word. He said refuse, and I have this resistance um, for new things, I guess. And I think it's because... I don't like to feel burdened. And if I have another app on my phone, it just seems like my phone would be just so heavy to carry around. Aww. And I just don't like having to take care of all these little things and these details. I want to be free, unfettered. I unfettered. want to break free. <laughs> um, you know, I had recently had a situation when I thought, oh, that would be cool to have a QR code. Well, two, actually. The first one is I was on a subway train and there was this ad of a new delivery service. And there was a list of um, ingredients like eggs, tomatoes, olive oil and something else. So what do you think the meal could be? Scan the QR code. Let us know if and if you guessed right, we'll give you a 300 rubles discount for the first delivery. I'm like, it's clearly a shakshuka. Like, and I'm like, oh, I don't have a QR reader. Oh, but I could opportunity. And then the next one is the reason why I think I should download the the reader is... um, Remember how we talked about tipping nowadays? Mm-hmm. So a lot of places have this QR codes for uh, digital tipping because not many of us carry cash around. So when I think, oh, I have to have this because I very often I have a situation when I want to leave some tips, but I can't. So then I ask the person, like, can, can you give me like the phone number or something so that I can transfer you the money? So yeah, QR codes is every, uh, everywhere around us now. Oh, I used one. I actually have one successfully downloaded on my iPad and I have signed contracts by such a device. Yes, someone will send me a contract and by scanning my QR, I can sign it and send it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, usually usually the only times I've used QR codes are, I guess, when you're booking a flight or something or when you're getting when you're boarding a flight sometimes you have the option to scan a qr code oh yeah oh yeah that's and true that's well, convenient. what about wouldn't that be the same as a, when we get vaccinated and the controversial thing is should we be you know qr through our vax should we that's a, yeah, that's a deal. yeah i think so i think i'm all i'm an elitist i think i have something special look at me flash <laughs> That would be convenient, yeah, you know, yeah. at the very least. Yeah. So, and what about AI being used in social media? Do you know anything about that? I guess I'm trying. I'm trying to think. So, I know, for instance, when you go onto a website uh, and there's a AI sales assistant, sometimes that pops up and helps you. I guess that it's not really social media, but I guess that somewhat relates. I to think social that media. falls under the category. Yeah. Of- yeah. 
Um, okay, social media and marketing. Let's okay, yeah. yeah, and marketing then. So they want to track us on Facebook with what we click on. But now Facebook has lowered the hammer and said, we're not going to do that anymore. And so now these uh, marketers have to be really nice to us and say, oh, could you please tell us how you like that ad? Like, I don't like any of your ads. So leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, well, have you ever had an example of how you Googled something, let's say, I do not know, um, buy cheese Novosibirsk, and then wherever you look, you see the ad for cheese. So targeted advertisement is uh, powered by the AI. So we have this. And okay, so in Russia, I think we might have talked about this in one of the episodes, but... Um, in Russia, for example, targeted ad is limited to what you Google. So let's say you search for something, then, you know, it activates all the, um, the whole mechanism. Yeah, yeah, the algorithm that is, again, uh, functioning because of the AI. But I had this situation in the U.S. Never had the situation in Russia, but I clearly had this in the U.S. So when um, my friend and I, we were driving from New York City to Boston, we stopped at a um, super, well, at some kind of supermarket and they were um, jellyfish, Swedish fish. I never bought them, but I asked, oh, why Swedish? What's Swedish fish? Oh, That's, so it's that candy, isn't it? Yeah, it's candies. Yeah. Um, and she told me about that. And I was like, oh, cool. I bought some candies, but not the Swedish fish. So it was never, you know, in my purchase history. It was never linked to my credit card. We just talked about this. The next day, I saw an ad for Swedish fish in my Instagram. And then I kept seeing, you know, the same ad appearing in my Facebook, VK, and other social media, I think throughout the week, which means that maybe nowadays it's not only what you Google, but what you talk about, even though a lot of companies, you know, they kind of deny that. Whereas some companies said, well, there is technology that, you know, gets the um, code word. So if you say one thing over and over and over again, then you'll see the ad for it. You mean your phone is recording you? Oh, yeah, yeah that's th- not a, a secret. There was a controversy yeah. recently yeah, yeah. with one of the main... Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one specifically it was. I don't want to name a company for fear of being sued. I don't but. think they're going to listen to our podcast and sue <laughs> maybe, you. But. Maybe not. But, but um, yeah, there was a controversy whereby the device was listening to the to, to the users whilst not supposedly being activated oh, and you, collecting information. Oh, you know, there's actually not many people know about that, but um, those who work in digital marketing do, that you can check the settings and, you know, some of the information that Google has on you. If you go to certain websites, if you have certain, you know, functions on and everything, I can later send you a link. And the amount of information that um, Google has on you is astonishing they usually guess right you know all all of the information like age preferences i mean like what you buy where you shop more often um whether you have kids or not so all of that i mean did you go to it i'm afraid no i have one on my facebook and i went to it because i wanted to get one ad off but they make it so complicated i said okay i'll deal with the ad i'll just mute it um but they had me all wrong they had me like age 24 to 36 it had maybe that's your you know how they have the physical age and then the biological age and then the psychological age (laughs) oh yeah that's so that's not good news and they had all these ads that i don't recall ever clicking on or interested in interesting yeah, so I don't know what they're what 
Facebook is doing. Mm. Well, I'm not on Facebook much, but I check Google once, but not not that uh, because I only recently came across this opportunity and you know function option but um i decided to see how much has been saved on me and i was actually surprised to see that even parts of my conversations have been recorded like i just i was like audio file okay maybe i recorded something you know with the with something i clicked on it and it was just a random part of a conversation with with my friend when she, when she called me and said where are you i'm like i'm on a train i'm gonna be there in 10 Oh, how scary. Oh, that's Why crazy, is yeah. it there? And it's so random. Like a very random recording of that conversation, like January 2019. Like what? But that's all um, become possible thanks to AI. Because, you know, it's uh, impossible for a human to analyze this amount of data. But it's an easy job for an AI to analyze this. So targeted ad. Actually, since we're talking about social media, um, AI is used um, in Instagram as well to fight spam and some kind of, um, you know, how to, how to not spam, well, spam and then also some content that should not be on Instagram, for example. So let's say if it's um, 18 plus content, swearing, so yeah. AI now can uh, detect it and delete it. Oh, it was really, that's really funny you mentioned that. Many, I think it was two years ago, I posted this photo. I saw it, I was in London and I was walking around town and I saw this photo of a, do you know the Tamil Tigers? They're this um, militant group in Sri Lanka. And I saw a picture of this like Tamil Tiger poster on one of the off-license windows if, if everyone knows what an off-license is you know what an off-license is a lot of things that i have no the idea unofficial, right now. Some is just like a corner shop a news okay. agent and i saw this tamil tiger poster on an off-license window and i just took a photo of him posted it on instagram they took it down because they said it's inappropriate it de- yeah it's a violent yeah, it's, it depicts violence yeah, it, depicts, right? it was yeah. just a picture of yeah. one of the military but, leaders yeah. no, but it might be yeah uh-huh. yeah it might inspire someone Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was just it was it was not like a call to arms or anything. It was just a photo Still, of a yeah, it's glorifying. General, yeah. yeah, it could be and, interpreted as yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't. <laughs> it's not like I'm endorsing the Tamil Tigers right, or right. anything. It's just I just you know, thought it'd be a funny picture. And <laughs> yeah, so AI yeah. in again that is artificial intelligence that is now used to identify all the swearings, all the inappropriate pictures, all the propaganda in some way. So usually if you post something which contains uh, nudity, swearing, um, blood, so they would take it down. Oh, blood. So what if you cut your finger and you post a photo of it? It might be taken down, yes. I didn't realize it. Because it might be traumatic to some people to see that. So and then they either take it down or they put, you know, sometimes when you go through, when you scroll through Instagram, you might see a post that is kind of covered, which says sensitive content. Yeah. Only click if you, if you know, if you're ready or if you're 18 yeah. plus. So especially um, when there are videos of different, um, well, let's say now the videos from Palestine and from Israel, they are covered and it's marked as sensitive content. So, but if it's something uh, explicit, if it's something gory, it's going to be taken down because it's, yep, it might be traumatic, they say. So the AI will yeah, just delete um, it. Well, not only traumatic to some people, but it's actually, um, they're trying to keep things from spreading. Yeah. And 
um, violence mm-hmm. can be spread mm-hmm. really easily through mm-hmm. social media. And they've, um, since we've had some limitations to Facebook in, in the United States, um, violence has actually gone down in some mm-hmm. ways, or the, actually the spread of violence, mm-hmm. violent messages. Well, what do you, what do you, um, how, how do we quantify that? The spread of violence. Oh, by how, well, there are people who are analyzing uh, threads and then you're going to see if, if these are people who are calling to arms or let's meet here and do such and such. And then this happens, then they know that it's successfully being spread. Well, I mean, there's WhatsApp. I mean, people can just go on WhatsApp and, and um, sort of, sh- I mean, should WhatsApp Well, okay, be so I'm, I'm talking specifically, I didn't really want to... Yeah. Mention this because it makes me so angry, but I'll just mention it very quickly. Um, but we had this uh, big storming of our capital on January 6th, and this was shown, it was proved that a lot of this organization was through social media. Not only that storming, but, but things that mm-hmm. have led up to that. And so when they kicked certain people off of Facebook and this certain person couldn't spread things on Facebook and YouTube, then violence has gone down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. But that, the you know, that also kind of brings up the question of should all the messengers as well, not only social media, but messengers be controlled and, you know, censored? Because you've mentioned WhatsApp. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, like, for instance, email. Email doesn't belong to us. Do you know this? In the United States, email belongs to whoever has it. So we are, we're supposed to adhere to their rules, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. I mean, personally, I believe that there should be publishers and then you should have platforms and publishers mm-hmm. and platforms should be treated separately. And if if one company wants to designate itself as a platform... Well, like we talked about then, Twitter. You, yeah. I remember you, you gave an example of Twitter in this way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, remembered. Yeah. So, I mean, my personal opinion is that social media should not filter anything. It should be completely... Free, oh, that's, free for that, that yeah that's really ra- that's radical that's really radical. i think i mean i think it's if you're going to be a publisher then you should be allowed to be sued so if you're going to call for violence but i think okay so your social media your platform is okay not, what about in germany yeah. then if if the platform would it really allow nazism to as be much spread? as i hate nazism I, I i think that they should be allowed to air themselves or else they'll go underground Threading on thin ice yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. So why don't I just, um, you know, gently switch the topic and ask you about <laughs> chatbots? I mean, don't, I'm, I'm not. I'm, not <laughs> I'm, I'm a Jew. I really don't like Nazis at all. I'm gently <laughs> trying I'm to just, switch the topic <laughs> over here, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so chatbots. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that? <laughs> bots. Bots. Chatbots. Uh, chat chatbots. Oh, these things that pop up like you were saying when we mm-hmm, were on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those irritate me. <laughs> yeah, I I um, kind of lose my temper with those. <laughs> the way I type in. Have you stuff. ever experienced, you know, actually chatting over there and trying to solve a problem with the help of a chat box? Well, I, I didn't know that it was an automated thing. So um, once I realized this, mm-hmm. then I knew that I could not talk sense to this thing. And so I stopped. <laughs> All right. Can you think of any websites or apps where you have uh, seen the chatbots or where you have used the chatbots? I have a couple of times, I think, 
I'm trying to think when was the last time. I think it was when I was trying to get assistance with my British passport being renewed. And mm -hmm. I think I used the chatbot to answer some basic questions about that. You know, it's interesting because sometimes they're so accurate as if you're talking to a person and sometimes you don't even realize it's a chatbot. I mean, that it's AI and not a real person. I love the AI powered chatbot, uh, chatbot that is um, used in uh, banking apps. Like I have a Bank of America app, I have Tinkoff Bank app, and in there they use chatbots. So every time I need to solve some kind of a problem, like, oh, I go to my Bank of America app and I love it that they called uh, their chatbot Erica because it says, hi, I am Erica. Oh, I must, have, I must have special problems because they can never solve my problems. It, well, I mean, yeah, they usually um, program to only, you know, deal with the most common problems, I would say, like the most commonly asked questions. And usually, yeah, I ask just, you know, the basic things. You're not supposed to ask those questions. You're supposed to go to the fact sheet and look up those things yourself. They, they provide us consumers with fact sheets. Yeah, but I mean... You're not supposed to bother Erica. <laughs> Erica can handle this, I'm pretty sure. So you're you're all for naming these bots and these robots and this these I AI things. I don't you're know, I kinda like it. But I mean, um there are certain things that I cannot look up because if I say, Oh, can you analyze my spendings over the six months period? I mean and then I just get the answer, like, oh, you spend this much on entertainment, this much on supermarkets, this much on traveling. Thank you. <laughs> Erica might be oh, very... you are very polite to them as well. <laughs> oh, um, and what about, speaking of, you know, assistance and uh, being polite, what about digital assistance? So all these, um, what's her name? Siri? Yeah, Siri and Alexa. Alexa, yeah. Is that the same company? No. I, Siri is Apple. is Apple and Alexa is Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. And now they have uh, Cortana, I think, by Microsoft. And what's oh, the, right. Yand what's the Yandex one? Alisa. Alisa, either. Yeah, so, and it's, uh, what do you think about those? What do they do? And what I mean, do you my, think about My brother has one. My mother has one. They're kind of freaky, to be honest. I don't really want to have one. Um, but sometimes they can be useful if you... So what can they do? They can just help you find out basic information. So if you want to find out the weather forecast for, for the upcoming week, you can mm -hmm. say, hey, Alexa... Tell me what's the weather forecast and it will happily tell you. Sometimes it can help you play music if you want to play, play music, music or specific Turn songs. it up, turn yeah. it down. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, it's not only limited to that, I, I think, because now if it's Alexa, at least, I'm not sure I'm not sure about Siri or Alyssa. Since Alexa is Amazon's and usually it's connected to your Amazon profile, you can say, Alexa, order this, this, this with a delivery to that date on that address done so or alexa book a table on that place for that day if and if the place has a website if i'm not mistaken alexa can do that so yeah i've, sending I've commands. had um on my phone if i'm say up late at night and i'm googling something or looking at something and then all of a sudden i push the wrong button and Crisana, what's her name? Cortana, Crisana. Cortana. Yeah, she comes on and really loudly, how oh, may I help you, Barbara? And I'm like a freak. <laughs> it's just like, who? And I'm like, get off there. And I'm pushing all the buttons to get her off. Oh, I can't stand it. I feel so invaded and she's encroaching upon my space and time. Oh, I hate I it. I have seen videos of people being very polite with these. 
like, you know, um, Siri, could you please do that? <laughs> Hi, Siri, could you please check the weather forecast? And oh. It's so adorable. But I hear that people who... I recently watched a video with centenarians from uh, Britain and they were asking, you know, about their experiences and um, how they're dealing with all the little things now that they're like 110, 115, because that's, you know, pretty rough age, I would say, to go grocery shopping. And they say that now with the... Um, with the invention and development of these digital assistants, it has become so much easier for them because they just say, uh, let's say, Alexa or Siri, could you please, you know, order the delivery from that place or something? So contact this. Which TV shop. show was this? So It was not a TV show, but it was a video on YouTube. I think it's called Centenarians in Britain. Yeah. But it's like 2018, 2019, maybe. So five people were interviewed about, you know, their regrets, their life choices. So It must be so funny having been born in whatever it was, 1918 or 1919 mm -hmm. and then seeing. Yeah, a lot of these the people have gone through two world wars. They have seen, you know, everything basically, yeah. So that reminds me of an SNL Saturday Night Live episode. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it, where they were doing a spoof on Alexa. And they oh, had, I haven't seen oh, this one. Oh, it's so funny. It was, it was a while back. And they had these, you know, actors dressed up as old people and saying, Alexa, you know, what is the weather? And then Alexa would answer. And then because they're so-called old, um, they will be forgetful and ask again. Oh. And then ask these other questions. And it shows how Alexa is very patient with her responses. It was really funny. You could, you could look it up. I had one funny situation when uh, I didn't know that um, my fiance's laptop had Alyssa, so which is Yandex's assistant. But God, that was hilarious because we were just sitting, you know, talking about things. And I was telling uh, my fiance's story, how I talked to my best friend, whose name is Alyssa, about how I came from the U.S. and how much I missed Chihuahua. So and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, my friend and I, we went there and I said, Alyssa, I miss Chihuahua so much. And then the Alyssa, the digital assistant says, I missed you too, honey. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, What? <laughs> this is very, oh, this was yeah. very freaky. Yeah, I would not like that. Like, first of all, I did not know we had this digital assistant uh, on a laptop. And second, what the hell? <laughs> this is when, um, I guess, well, humans and robots are kind of melting into each other and they're um, kind of fading into our existence. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, becoming saturated yeah. within our... Yeah, within our and then it's yeah. going to be normal, right? I mean, the yeah. kids who are growing up nowadays, oh, well, it's normal for them. Did you ever watch Black Mirror? I was oh, going to yeah. say that, Black yeah. Mirror. So that's a, yeah, they beautifully depict people's fears and anxieties about. I was, I was just going to say about an episode. Is that what that was all about? I couldn't figure it out. I'd watch a couple of episodes and go, okay, this is, I never could figure out Black Mirror. It was always so like Matrix or something on the other side of something. Yeah. Well, it shows the uh, potential future um, of some devices and technology being used and what that can lead to. But they had an episode um, on digital assistance and everything, which was a little bit scary, but yeah. yeah. I think the scariest one, in my opinion, the scariest episode was the Christmas episode, if you remember that correctly, whereby 
there was an equivalent of Alexa or one that's of those That's the episode voice, I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, talking about, that a woman yeah. like kind of put a part of her soul or a part of her yeah. something. So yeah, so the digital assistant was her yeah. trapped into oh, some kind of a device. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, this part, conscious part, you know, realized it and went crazy. Yeah, it was, it was scary. And it has so many layers in it as well. Yeah, I think yeah. it's called... I believe you can find it on Netflix, the Black Mirror series. Right, right. So yeah, that's what I saw. So yeah, for our yeah. listeners, definitely check out Black Mirror on Netflix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, even um, even in the past, there have been, you know, different stories about these assistants. Have you perchance read uh, Ray Bradbury's The Velt? No, I haven't, no. So it's a short story um, and just... We remember that Ray Bradbury was writing in the 40s, right, like right. in the 50s. So he has a short story about a house, a smart house, which can cook for you, cook dinner for you, uh, show things on the walls, you know, just basically move you into another universe, you know, th- through the holograms on on the walls. It can uh, wash and fold and do everything. And then one day it has gone, well, let's say it has gone crazy. And the children, they were so obsessed with this virtual reality that they didn't want to leave the, you know, their room. And well, and what that has led to. I don't want to spoil. So it's it's a short story. So if you have time, so read it. The yeah, vet. Ray Bradbury and then the, the old Twilight Zone is the same kind of thing of putting us into another dimension mm-hmm. and, and introducing AI type things, robots taking over and. So, and before we have actually a whole um, part of the episode devoted to the potential dangers of the AI, but we'll get to that, you know, the scary part. So, but what are the benefits of AI? So what what is good about them? Well, it's kind of like, it's, it's a double-edged sword. So it's like the internet, essentially, it can be used for, I mean, the good parts are, it's a shortcut for life it's a life shortcut you can have things organized in such a short space of time mm-hmm. and we can also talk about we haven't really mentioned translators so for instance google translate think about how useful that's been mm-hmm. especially for people in in foreign countries who are learning another language it's, it's I have helpful. oh I have a lot to say about google translate cuz <laughs> yeah. you know i remember when i was uh, working at school I mean, secondary school. And I was like, kids, you're going to need English. English is the world language. What if you travel? What if you meet somebody from another country? They said, so what? I have Google Translate. I'm like, <laughs> so you picture it like that. Somebody talks to you like, wait. So you open Google Translate, just, you know, shove the f- the phone into their face, like now talk. Like, no, it's going to be rude and unnatural. But in general, yes, Google Translate can be helpful to a certain to a extent. certain extent, yes. It, it cannot decipher different contexts. That's the, that's it. Well, it's because it's still mm-hmm. immature. It's not in a, well. It's advanced, but it's not quite as advanced as it yet will okay. potentially be. Yeah. So what we're talking about are tools, and tools are to be used, mm-hmm. and they're not to take over our whole life. So tools are we, we don't depend on them for every little mm-hmm. emotional mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, we need some things, and of course. It's the convenience of things, just like you said, shortcut. It's just convenient when mm-hmm. we're talking about the older people being able to get things done mm-hmm. from their home when they're not so mobile anymore. Yeah. I would also say that one of the bigger benefits right now, well, apart from 
making our life easier and more convenient and everything is keeping us healthy because AI is widely used in medical area. So one of the examples is with the breast cancer screening because averagely 10, from 10 to 20% of patients are misdiagnosed with um well, misdiagnosed because they, they have said they don't have breast cancer when they do. And now at um, MIT, they're working on a more accurate technique that will help to improve the the screening up to like 100% accuracy. Well, 98% accuracy, they say, because they still, you know, allow some inaccuracies to happen. But now it's only, well, 80 at best. So and then have you ever heard about Da Vinci? As in, as in, as in AI-driven um, tool. No. To be honest, no. I only know Da Vinci video editing software. Maybe it's connected. Oh, there is maybe. a video. Um, yeah. Da Vinci in uh, medical area is a AI-driven device uh, which helps to perform surgeries. Well, non-invasive surgeries that help to treat cancer on its. Uh, you know, first or even zero stage when it's not even become so a early onset. Yes. So yeah. when it's not really, you know, as dangerous. So, and it's really non, well, almost non-invasive. So you don't have to, you know, cut the, the person, just go throughout. So yeah, it's tiny. It's operated by a surgeon in another room, thanks to, you know, all these uh, screens and arms. So yeah. And Magnified it's like, screens mm-hmm. that they could so, see better and remotely done. So this Da Vinci hand, as as far as I understand, it's... uh. A tiny needle in the hand, you know, with different um, scalpels and whatnot on it. And I watched videos how they even tie, you know, the knots after performing the surgery with these hands. It's fascinating. I've seen, yeah, I have seen little clips of such things. And thanks to that also, the amount of people who will never get, you know, fully grown cancer, let's say, who will live happily for years and years is growing. And that's fantastic. Now in Russia, we have, um, if I'm not mistaken, 14 of these machines. And that's amazing. So and yeah, they, if, is, if yeah. they become even more advanced, who knows? Yeah, that reminds me of this article that I was reading about South Korea again. When you're talking about this incredible... Um, advanced technology and the need for skilled people. So in South Korea, they've established a lot of universities for this kind of study. So you mm-hmm. can really prepare people to actually do this work. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I was watching a funny show. Was, I think it was the Ludi. You know, the Ludi is a famous Russian YouTube channel, which um, also has English language material as well. And I believe it was this channel and they were talking about all the Japanese toilet seats in South Korea. You know, those famous automated toilet seats. Oh, you have like 15 buttons and you have to know which one is for which. (laughs) Yeah. And I think they now have like an AI version of it or something like that. It was was pretty interesting. (laughs) AI is everywhere. And then um, have you seen the, um, oh, I think it was released in like, 2020, the new book by Dan Brown, Origin. Oh, I don't know this one. So I think it came out in like 2020 and um, it describes a supercomputer in Barcelona, Spain, which actually exists and is called Mara Nostrum. 
So it really exists in Barcelona, Spain. It's a supercomputer, which in Dan Brown's book is used, you know, for evil things and everything. But in real life, it is uh, used for analyzing huge quantities of genomic data because we know not much, you know, of how our body works very often on, you know, on a on this genomic level. But thanks to this supercomputer, scientists now are able to uh, analyze it. Um, then this Mary Nostrum supercomputer is used to find out how cancer affects our body. And they say that it will be able to use to develop protein and drug models that could lead to personalized medical treatment based on each patient's needs. So is it like a kind of quantum computer, mm -hmm. one of those things? So, and they say that this, well, they put a lot of hope on it to um, cure cancer because, you know, a lot of scientists and medical workers, they say that the only way that in the future we will cure cancer is uh, on individualized treatment. So when some certain drugs, you know, something will be created specifically for each person, taking everything into account. And they say this, this um, Marinostrum will be able to do just that. That reminds me of something that I saw regarding heredity and this this analyzation that was going on, but but they couldn't they didn't have the technology at the time mm -hmm. to actually analyze this stuff. So there's this way that um, our DNA can be analyzed mm -hmm. and it'll tell us what diseases that we could have at what age and even when we die. You know, maybe not that um, advanced, but I took a test like that. And I'm really happy that I did because it turned out that I would, that if I didn't do anything, my heart would stop by the age of around 30, 31. Oh. So, and thanks to a test like that, wow. I'm now taking certain medication wow. thanks to which I will live. So, yes. you know, because the realization that I might die by the age of 30, which is not too far away, was really scary. Oh, so wow. I'm like, thank God these technologies exist. Otherwise, I would just add to the, to the statistics of people gone before they, th they turn 30. Wow. Okay, so we have this great technology, but then we need these great people to be able to analyze. That's, it. that's yes. Well, that, that's why they say, you know how they say that people who um, have children now, so by the time their children are grown up, they will um, study. Well, while they're at school, they will study for professions that will not even exist in the future. So we need to adapt very fast to teach people how to deal with all this ai driven world and i think the kids are doing a quite quite, quite a well. good job <laughs> yeah yeah there's this, always this joke you, you might see a meme or something of um yeah i i needed to get i need to learn how to do this so i had i went to my five-year-old and she was able to help me out you know how these kids just know how to push buttons and everything it's in their G, uh, dna yeah, yeah, thing well, like, can, can you touch type, Barbara? Did you learn to touch Oh, yes. Type? No, I know how to yeah. really type on a cool. real typewriter before computers. Yeah. So, so, yes, I yeah. know how to type. No, it's, it's, it's quite a, yeah. Well, how did you learn? Tell well, us I went to typing it. class. Oh, great. Well, yeah. Like, was this at a specific school? Or yes, just... we'd always have typing class course that we could take in high school, and I took a summer. Um, so, yeah, typing class. And I was trying to teach my daughter how to really type and... Um, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I was, my mum forced me to go to this week-long course and I typing hated Typing on a typing machine. Not on a typing machine, but on a keyboard. 
And at first I hated it. I thought this is a horrible thing. And there was this old lady who was really you mean like keyboard the usual keyboard of a computer yeah normal Mm -hmm. keyboard so now i can touch type and the blind method my mom forced me to do it Mm. and this old lady was (laughs) she would reward you with candy if you touch type within a certain amount of time but if you didn't do it she would get really angry yeah well this was on because you have to learn differently on a computer keyboard from a typewriter because a typewriter um, oh, yeah. to make a mistake well a typewriter you you click it and you can't if you press it down it won't go all the way yeah. through mm-hmm. you have to go a a that's how we learn a a a s s s yeah yeah d yeah etc yeah. but you can't do that on a keyboard because if you do that well you can't you push it yeah yeah it'll you just, keep it on yeah. it'll go go on yeah. on, 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 on so on. i devised a way of where I, I made up short words for my daughter to learn how to type Aww. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I was growing up um, in Yakutia in my sixth grade, I think, so when I was like 11, 12, uh, we got computers, like our school got computers. We were very excited because, you know, computers. So in the whole year, we were taught how to type. So we had those programs for like blind typing. So oh, cool. we would look uh-huh. on a screen and just type, type, type. And then um, later, my mom and I, we would, you know, work by typing things that people would bring us you know piles of paper of their thesis or something written by hand and we would type that and we had to do that fast you know because people had deadlines and that's how we earn some money so and that's why now i type really yeah, fast they oh, would cool. they would um measure it by how many words a minute mm-hmm, can you type mm-hmm. do you remember how many minutes i recently actually actually checked it but i also had very long nails so and oh, now yeah, that i have shorter that, nails like yeah, it would be faster yeah. yeah i think it was around uh 500 words per minute of uh, 500 signs per minute oh i think it's like symbols back and not then the words. it was is words meaning that uh five symbols equaled one word yeah, I think it was like 500 symbols per minute and then 400 something symbols per minute in Russian, which was oh, wow. which was funny. Like, so now I type in English faster than I do in Russian. That's because Russians have long words. <laughs> Maybe that's because I type the scripts for the podcast, I think, <laughs> you know, more than one year of doing that. Yeah. Couldn't but affect it. Yeah, it's but, quite a long task, actually. Yeah. How long, how long does it take you to, on average? Ah. <sighs> Well, if we exclude the timing, I would say around four hours for a podcast. Oh, that's, yeah, it's quite a long time. So this is where AI can help maybe someday. Yes, so if at some point there is a program advanced enough, you know, to put everything. Because, you know, there are programs now where you could like you download or upload something, you know, the sound and you get the script of it. But it does not take into account slang, uh, you know, the... All these ums, um, you know, the yeah. pause fillers and everything, interruptions, so an accent. So very, if it's not, you know, an RP, no, very often you would have just a set of sounds, which is not even a word or, you know, shows a word that is not there. So, yeah, I really hope that the, these programs will be developed and advanced more. And then speaking of um, AI, what about driverless cars? Oh yes, I think I think there's there are some that exist. Yeah, Tesla. Have you have you tried it, Barbara? No, tried it. I just uh, read an article saying that there was this big crash, and now they have to re-examine things. (gasps) Really? So, what do you think about driverless cars? Do you think that will become a norm, or it will keep you know being something for? Well, on a slightly similar topic, so you know manual transmission cars, 
that manual transmissions have been phased out over the years. Of course, they still exist, but car companies are not building them anymore. And it kind of, well, coming back to driverless cars, it kind of takes the fun out of driving. I mean, driving is supposed to be oh, right. something that you yeah. enjoy. And, because you're in yeah. control. You know, yeah, you've yeah. got your car. I don't know. Yeah. I think I would enjoy driverless cars so much because I'm not a driver. <laughs> I don't know how to drive. I'm scared of driving, especially here in Novosibirsk, because the drivers seem to be very aggressive. Yeah, they are pretty aggressive. Well, there's yeah. two kinds of driving. That when you're out on the open highway across country and then this commuter kind of thing. So you probably don't want to get into the traffic because you're not uh, efficient with that. Mm-hmm. So a driverless car might be something you're interested in. I don't know. But even now, I think AI is used in our cars because let's say my sister's car, it has this function of if she's getting too close to something, like ahead, the car might stop. Then especially if it's like, you know, um, you come close to something too fast, you know, on a speed, then um, it also has the function. Oh, I don't, don't remember how it's called, but let's say she can set the speed of, let's say, 80 kilometers per hour, just not even touch the wheel it'll control itself. It will just go, you know, straight ahead. Yeah, cruise control. So, yeah. Cruise control. Yeah, that's yes. It, yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yes. So, and I think this is AI because it analyzes oh, right. the situation. I, I, have, I couldn't buy a car without cruise control because of my commuting. So it definitely had cruise control. But as soon as you touch the pedal, it's going mm-hmm. to unlock. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does it do to our um, critical thinking skills, our yeah, being able to decide things? Yeah. I think that's, a detriment. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so our brains are muscle and it needs to be exercised in many. Right, as we much need to exercise our our reasoning and mm-hmm. learn how to do better. Mm-hmm. But if you just get lazy and say, "Well, yeah, the car will do it, Google will do it, this will do mm-hmm. it," yeah. oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, I think um, that could be the first point in our um, uh, negative size of AI and um, potential dangers of AI. So people becoming lazier might be the first one, especially the drivers. So what else do you think can be named as potential dangers of AI? So why don't some people trust the AI? Well, for instance, if you get those scam calls from, um, I think I think they are, I, I'm not sure if, you could, if mafia is the right word, but from organized criminal organizations who harvest your voice. Oh yeah, and they they get they try to they try to prompt you to say the word yes, and my name uh-huh, is this uh-huh, uh-huh. in order to access your even, banking details. Even even in Russia, yeah, they call you. Is that this person? You're like, mm-hmm. yes or no? You're like, mm-hmm. but yes or no? You're like, yup, 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 yup. So they want you to say yes. Yeah. So and that's why yeah. So I told my mom because now you know the scamming is out of control. I think I told her never say yes or no or your full name. Just say something like yep or let's say you are not wrong or you are correct. Yeah. Something like that that they cannot use. Yes. So it's, yeah, the danger is more I guess mostly to your financial security. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially oh. since society is moving away from cash. Yeah, it's it's getting, it, it is getting out of control. And of course, there scary. are benefits to not having cash with you all the time, but also 
the down the big downside is who knows what can happen in the future. Well, that's why they say that now you can't have just one, you know, account, one bank account. You always have to have, you know, some money on a separate account or a several cards. Yeah. And that's also, you know, uh, it's so tiring, I would say. Because let's mm. say when I, well, just a couple of days ago, I was using Airbnb because I booked, mm. um, I bought tickets to St. Petersburg for the end of August Very to have nice. a holiday. And I was paying for my Airbnb housing and I thought, okay, they do not, you know, send you any kind of verification code. So they just take the money out of your bank account. So no code to put in, you know, no bank security system, nothing. So I'm like, okay, I might use this card. Oh, wait, but this card has a little bit more money on it. So if somebody hacks it, I'll lose way more. Okay, I'll use this card because then if somebody, you know, hacks it and takes all my money from it, well, I can handle that. And the very idea that you have to think about that all the time is... Oh. It's a schlep, yeah. It's a what? A schlep, you know that. Schlep? You know that word, schlep? No. What kind of schlepping around like this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a struggle. It's a. I love the word schlep. <laughs> well, I, I thought you were saying schlep with an e. No, schlep or schlap? No, schlep with an e. Yeah, with yeah. an e. Yeah, it's a schlep. Yeah. S S C H L E P L E P. Yeah. Yeah, I think we use it differently though. A schlep is like trouncing around, just. A schlep's like heavy, yeah, heavy, right? Heavy right. movement, yeah. Right, so right. schlep meaning okay, that it's a it. struggle to do. Aha, uh-huh, I get yeah. it. It's yeah, it's used quite a lot in yeah, in American. I do not know a, about a, our yeah, listeners, but lot, I yeah. definitely <laughs> learned something new right yeah. now. <laughs> wow, I didn't know this word. That's yeah, cool. very German. Nice. It's, it's actually well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Yiddish. Yeah, it's Yiddish ah, slang. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, ah, oh, right. It's it used a lot. Yeah, if you watch, have you ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. That show, yeah, they use that word oh, a few times. I yeah. see. It's kind of an old word, though. It's really not in mainstream. It's kind of like an old-fashioned word. But I love bit, the way it yeah. sounds. We should make it mainstream <laughs> for, for the sake of the sound. Yeah, yeah. So um, when we're talking about uh, the lazy mind, that is connected to trying to teach kids or teach people. Because if people are getting up to be a lazy, lazy in their mind... I think mind, in our it's, job of it's very as, difficult. As language teachers, it's it is seen difficult. more than in any other... Because do you know the um, great um, um, value of writing things out th- this eyes, mind hand, mm-hmm. paper mm-hmm. and you're supposed to write things out and so I say okay everybody write this out and then click, click, click mm-hmm. taking picture. oh wait, okay that's convenient but, but and then I try to explain to them eyes, brain, the connection between this and they don't care Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's makes really Difficult. It is. Teaching. It is. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's sad. And you know how they say, um, well, let's say you explain some kind of a subject, no matter what kind of a teacher you are, what subjects you teach. And you're like, okay, you can write it down. You know, you have to memorize that. And kids just nowadays just say, why? Why do we have to memorize that if we can Google it? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah, and what I read, which was a really good response to that, is um, you really don't know anything unless you can, you know, pull it out from your brain without Googling. Mm-hmm. If you have to stop a conversation and Google, you don't know. You don't know the topic. You don't know it. But at the same time, if you Google, you're going to forget it the minute you, you know, 
turn off your phone. But I remember uh, when I was a kid and we had some kind of a, you know, debate. Let's say, what about that? Where do lions live? Do they live in that part too? We would go and get the encyclopedia. We had like five different books you know, find the right page, read it out loud for everyone to hear. And then you, it would stick because mm -hmm. it took effort, you know, to find this information. I'll just Google. Okay. Yeah, I remember being a little kid when I'd have to do a school project when, mm -hmm. let's say, I was nine years old and we'd have to go through the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, recitation. Yeah. Actually, from your memory. And I think... Um, this is we've gone away from that because people want to be creative in their teaching which is completely fine mm -hmm. but don't forget that you have to memorize things mm -hmm. you have to sit there and say it over and over and repeat it and repeat it mm -hmm. when I try to do that with my students it's it's hard for Good instance luck. if I say um, okay the vowels are A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y A-E-I-O-U sometimes Y I make them go Fast, mm -hmm. faster than that, faster than that, because I want it in their brain. Or I'll um, test them on um, parts of speech, like parts of speech, a noun. What is a noun? A noun is a person, mm -hmm. place, or thing. And you have to say it exactly. A noun is a person, place, or thing. You have to say exactly like that. Because I learned that as a kid, and it was, it was you know, pushed into our brains, <laughs> reciting it. Yeah, the regimented mm -hmm. style yeah, of learning. Yeah. Yeah. I had a student who had trouble remembering the word fire extinguisher, and I said... <laughs> <laughs> I would keep, I would make him <laughs> say fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher. Write it down 50 times, <laughs> he, you're never going to forget yeah. it. Yeah, or imagery. Yeah, like um, that reminds me of a student who didn't know how to spell license with a C. And so I told her how I always remember how to spell license with a C. It's not with an S. I actually first. have this problem sometimes. Oh, no, okay. Well, I don't. And the reason is because um, I Googled a, a picture of lice because I think of lice. And so you have to think of oh. lice. And so, you know, a microscopic image of yeah. a, a, a lysis face uh, will definitely make you remember. So you'll never forget yeah. how to spell lysis. No, I'm going to remember, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like a mnemonic technique, I think, when you have ah, some kind right. of association. Yeah, a, a picture, an image connection. Something like that. We used that a lot when we were, well, I mean, when I was a student, so my roommates and I, we used the, this technique a lot because we had to memorize hundreds of words, you know, learning English language. So, yeah. All right. And, you know, speaking of um, potential dangers of AI, um, so I was recently watching a video, which was an old interview with Elon Musk um, at one of the tech conferences in Austin, Texas in 2018. And I want to quote what he said, because if that guy says it, we should be definitely worried. Because in March 2018, he said, mark my words, AI is far more dangerous than nukes. I'm really quite close to the cutting edge in AI and it scares the hell out of me, he says. It's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows and the rate of improvement is exponential. And that is scary. It is. This guy knows what he's talking about, you know, and if he says that it's scary, it's scary. And um, one of the points uh, of potential danger apart from what we have uh, mentioned, is also uh, said to be automated weapons. So what do you know slash think about that? You mean the red button? Well, among other things, it's like they say that uh, AI will be in control, let's say, of when to launch, you know, different um, nuclear weapons or biological weapons. And in general, that um, the weapons will have a different structure maybe 
so that everything will be controlled through computers. So it's like uh, they say that new types of weapons will appear. So it's which is going to be, as they say, the Kalashnikovs of tomorrow. So well, are you talking about rogue countries or or states that have some kind of? So I believe every- when if a prime minister or a president were to engage a nuclear weapon, they have to get a special code. I mean, I'm, I'm only yes, yeah, and there's, I mean, yeah. of course, of, of course, the details yeah. are not there yet. But they say that if anything like that, and it is being developed, but if any any country you know starts using AI controlled. Um, weapons or something like that when people do not have to be you know in the uh what is it like military planes uh launching the rockets but it can be all automated it will start the arms race the ai i just i just don't see a state um allowing that i just don't see that because they know the dangers i'm talking about the united states but all it takes sometimes is one person acting dumb remember the situation when everyone was afraid that if north korea starts it then it's just going to all, you know, start the Third World War. Like last year it was, the beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, um, a, sli- a slightly different topic. I, I just came to mind, 3D printers. And I remember watching a documentary oh. about people who printed handguns from 3D Yeah, printers. so we're talking, that's what my point is. That, are we talking about people who are licensed to do this or just the run-of-the-mill people? Are we talking about rogue countries? Yeah. Or are we talking about I think it can, are, it can combine all of that. Yeah, I just don't think if that, that appears, you know, somewhere in certain countries, at some point that, it's inevitably I, going to appear at the black market. I can see that happening in a rogue country. But as far as the United States and civilized countries that have been established for a while, I just don't see that that would be allowed to do that because we know that we have to use our reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's hope that this this is a potential danger that will never come to light. Well, then. with rogue countries, yeah, it's a potential danger, definitely. Yeah, because if you've got nuclear power, then you've got the power or at least you can wield your power in um, threatening mm-hmm. with it. Okay, and what about the more, let's say, common problem that AI might cause, which is job loss so because a lot of people they say oh with the advancement of different robots i'm gonna lose my job like they're gonna steal our jobs we're not gonna have anything to do we'll be poor and homeless and everything so what do you think about that well well, i think then they would have to get other kinds of skills of fixing these robots and things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I i don't think that would be so let's let's think what jobs do you think will be replaced by machines by ai well, I did a course in translation at university, an introduction to professional translation. And and essentially, the, the argument was put forward that translati- translation jobs will not necessarily disappear, at least within the next mm-hmm. 30 years or 20 years or so. Because as we previously covered, there's so many nuances to dialects, mm-hmm. to slang, mm-hmm. etc. So for, if we just look at the area of translation, that will not necessarily be affected and perhaps that could be reflected in other industries but you look at supermarkets we have self checkouts which mm-hmm. are i mean i'm not sure if that's ai but I mean, it is kind it is, of ai it is yeah. A part, yeah kind of it so yeah i guess it is yeah, definitely taking its toll on careers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what other professions do you think are in in danger of being replaced by robots 
and AI. Like car manufacturing, I yeah. think. Car manufacturing? Yeah. yeah, physical things. So, for instance, I, I don't know, luggage porters, stuff like that, at airports, maybe. Oh, yeah. Who, who oh, yeah. Little, yeah, just right. random jobs like this. Yeah. So, certain service jobs we're yeah, talking about. Especially exactly, something yeah. that requires, you know, um, a lot of physical uh, strength, because, you know, people have always been looking for ways to not do that rather you know to control the machine rather than you know work themselves because that's difficult when i was working in a hotel in las vegas we had these self-check-in machines and i had to assist people with these self-check-in machines oh. and <gasps> and i was as i was using it, i was thinking i'm helping people <laughs> <laughs> to out use of my the, job here <laughs> you know speaking of las yeah. vegas i remember there is a bar with no bartenders, but it's all, you know, automated yeah. hands and everything. And you just, you know, push some buttons, pay with your card. And you can see these hands just, you know, mixing a drink for you. And then it just Yeah, moves. I think they have these in South Korea as well, coming back to South Korea. Okay. Speaking of translation as well, um, we had a course in translation um, at my university. And I remember our professor asking, like, how many of you guys watch um, The Big Bang Theory? So in quite a, you know, quite a few people raise their hands and they're like, do you watch it in translation or in the original? We said in translation because there is one translation agency that does an amazing job. The way they translate all the jokes is fantastic. They are gods, really. So and our professor has said, as long as there are people like this agency, which is called Courage Bombay, the translators are never going to be replaced by AI because the way, you know, the way they translate humor is impossible to be done by a machine. Yeah, we have this saying, lost in the translation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's no such thing as a 100% verifiable oh, yeah. translation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something that's funny to you in Russian, I'm like, what? I don't understand. Yeah, because there's a lot of anecdotes in yeah. Russian, or mm -hmm. as they're yeah. called. In. Or certain yeah. ways of uh, play on words. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. So, and speaking of jobs, so uh, Brookings Institution, which is a place that studies the AI, so they uh, issued some kind of a report in 2019. And according to this, 36 million uh, people um, work in jobs with high exposure to automation. So, meaning that before long, at least 70% of their task will be automated and they will no longer be needed. And then ranges from retail sales, as, you, as Ben has mentioned, and market analysis to hospitality and warehouse labor, as again, we have mentioned. So yeah, and that all can be done with AI. Have you seen um, some of the videos actually of Boston Dynamics? Oh, I haven't actually. Oh God, check them out. Because um, they uh, regularly post things about their robots and how they can do tasks like, you know, loading things, transporting goods, um, cleaning because they have videos of like robots going through an office, seeing a dirty dish and just taking it to a dishwasher. And if it's a can, then it goes to recycling. So, you know, and they teach the robots to do all these things. So not controlled by a person, but she's, you know, programmed to do things like that. And they, So um, what about cleaning? Um, don't you feel good to clean your house? I mean, don't you feel pure after you've done it? Yeah. And also, for, like, coming back to technology of cleaning dishwashers, they never properly clean the uh, dishes. Yeah, yeah, I don't use a dishwasher, yeah. not just because I don't have one, but because I actually would prefer not. Yeah, exactly. You know, if at some point there is a, a machine that cleans everything for me, 
I would be the first in line. Really? I hate cleaning.、Oh, I think cleaning a house kind of、um, reflects what's in your mind, and when you clean your house, I do your totally mind, agree. Yeah, yeah, then you you probably were like. I was、um, before you write a major paper in college. You have to clean your house, get all organized. I usually I did that while I was writing a paper because then I would you know get distracted. Like I suddenly feel the urge to wash the floors rather than write this、ah, paper. Deciding, <laughs> but I honestly I wash you know I clean, but I just hate it.、Oh. I mean, I feel accomplished after I clean the house. Yeah. I feel so good. Like,、yeah. look what I've done, everybody. Look my. You know, I love all the. Like, honestly, now I'm on the other side. If a machine can do that, I'll let、uh. that do that. But just a couple of days ago,、um, the second season of Love, Death, and Robots came out. Have you ever heard about、Never. this show? No, no. Oh God, check this out. It's um, it's cartoon, but each episode is separate. So you know, um, it's a separate story, and they're like ten from ten to twenty minutes long. And one of the episodes in the second season was about、um, a room, well, a cleaning robot, like a vacuum bot. It was called, and it just, you know, it went nuts. And at some point, it tried to kill the dog. And then, you know, it analyzed the situation and saw a person as a danger and tried to kill the person. Oh wow! <laughs> and I just looked at it. I'm like,、yeah. and I told my fiance like. Remind me never to get one, even though I'm very tempted to. Like, who knows? So, and actually, we mentioned、um, Black Mirror as the TV show about all that. So, if anyone is interested, check out Love, Death, and Robots as well. So, it has two seasons. Each episode is around ten minutes. It's cartoons. Also, show you know potential dangers of AI and robots and everything. Did you say it was on Netflix? It is on Netflix, yes, and not cartoons for children. Cartoons. Oh God, no,、yeah. no, no,、okay. no. Eighteen plus, a lot of blood in a lot、yeah. of episodes. Like no explicit content, gory episodes, all that. So, no children are allowed anywhere, anywhere close. Yeah. So, but what jobs do you think will never be replaced by a machine? Teaching. I don't care how how people say that they're self taught and everything. I just think that being motivated by a teacher,、um, having some kind of um, uh, what is it、uh, c- connection?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think. I'm, I'm trying to think. Right. I, I, I guess medical profession. I mean, if, medical profession. Yeah. I guess that's a very nuanced profession that you can't just. Go to a self-check machine, and well, you can feel blood pressure. Although, yeah, although there is now a device that,、uh, with ninety percent accuracy, can diagnose eye diseases. Oh, cool! It's only eye diseases so far, but ninety percent accuracy. Just think about it; it's fantastic.、Yeah. But yeah, I think surgeons. But it, yeah, but it's still a tool, right? Because then you need somebody to do the surgery. You'd have to. Yeah, but at least you know、uh, it is smart enough to diagnose it, so、yeah. you don't have to make up an appointment. You know, which will be in three months, for example. Wait for it. Go to a doctor. So yeah, but I agree. Some some of the medical workers will never be replaced, like surgeons. Anything? Any other professions? Were you talking about that? Professions that will never in the history in in future will never ever be. Well, we can't be sure about never、yeah. ever, but let's say within the next a hundred years, maybe a hundred something years. Because I was going to say familiar, I guess, but I guess a machine can eventually be fine tuned to detect different 
nuances in wines, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> a wine Which taster. will make a lot of yeah. uh, wine tasters, you yeah. know, very sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess eventually that, yeah. I guess eventually computers although, can be programmed. Although, you know, that's, uh, that's interesting because this profession is not about, you know, telling you what kind of nuances there are in wine, but it's more about communication with, with yeah, a person. The, the joy of living. The joy of discussing this uh-huh. wine with somebody. Yeah, yeah, and holding the glass by the, not by the stem, but by the body of the mm-hmm. glass. That's what I, and doing this. And the same with, so as, as you have mentioned, teachers, you know, of course you can get self-taught, of course you can do things with apps, but how many students we have now who actually come to class, even if it's online class, just to talk to a person, mm-hmm. to discuss different things, to tell your story, things like that. And kids, I can never imagine kids learning with a robot or something like right. that. They yeah, it's need- true. One of the most like crucial parts of learning mm-hmm. your language is speaking and getting words off your chest and formulating mm-hmm. sentences spontaneously. Yeah, spontaneously and, and our body movements as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And being able to read facial cues mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things like that, yeah. And uh, I've just remembered that um, we have talked a lot about how AI can be used in medical area and about this um, breast cancer screening and about eye, di- eye diseases diagnosed. If anyone is interested, you can check out and you can find it online, uh, National Geographic issue, 2019 issue number one from January. The whole of the issue was devoted to AI in medicine. And I remember reading it. I was shocked as to how much, you know, medical area has developed because they're now um, and they wrote about 3D printing organs, transplanting things, um, creating eyes, you know. um, So when a person has something wrong that they had to have their eyes implanted, you know, that they would have the same uh, sensitivity as a real eye. And it's just Wow. So National Geographic uh, 2019 issue one. And if you are from Novosibirsk, you can borrow it from the local library for for free. So, yay. All right. So, and what about, um, you know, all these dystopian scenarios where um, all the robots, they go rogue and they they destroy the humanity or, you know... And what comes to mind is, do you remember the TV show, The Jetsons? Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. So I, I have never watched it. What, what is it uh, about? Do, do you know? I mean. Yeah, it came out in the 60s. It's a space age family and uh, they have robots and everything that you need to be, need to get done as a task, like putting on shoes or whatever. There was some kind of robot to do it. And hmm. which I don't know which year were they depicting? Was it not a? They were depicting the yeah the future yeah what year in the future yeah ah oh, that's interesting because back in I, I guess the sixties or even the nineties people would always depict I guess our mm-hmm. current day as having flying cars and yeah. as having mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened of course if you were in the sixties and you were dropped into twenty twenty one of course oh, you, you would still, still be, be shocked, shocked. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, like that that movie, um, Twenty One Space Odyssey. What is that? Well, I, I've heard of it, but never, yeah, it was never a movie, it. and and I I can't remember. I think it was made in the nineteen seventies, and it's for like the year two thousand. I think the year two thousand is a special was a special year. Yeah. So, do you think it's possible that 
this rise of the machines will happen. Well, I mean, it comes down to the inventors of the machines. Does it though? Because they're now working on AI being able to feel like so that uh, the robots, well, not the robots, they don't want to call them the robots, but that AI uh, people, they be that they will have um, emotions that they'll be able to feel and they will have rights just as an ordinary human person. So who knows? At some point, they might get out of control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have guess you, there's always the potential for it, I'm sure. Have you, have you ever watched Westworld? No, I haven't, no. Barbara, have you no, heard? I've never heard of it. Because Westworld is a TV show uh, which shows a theme park where... Well, where there are robots that look like people, act like people, and you can never, you know, tell them apart from real people. And this theme park help, well, not helps, but allows um, rich people to basically make any of their vices possible. If they want to kill, you can do that here. You know, it's all the killing, the raping, all of that, because, you know, they're robots. Then the setting, um, you know, is changed and... Ta-da, they they all good to good to be used again. So and in that TV show, the robots, well, some of them, they start to realize that they're not real people, that their, you know, memories are not real, that they have fake memories, and they go against the humans, you know, for creating them, for just being used for killing and for everything. So and that's a really scary TV show, but it also, you know, gives you so much food for thought. So if you ever want to watch it Westworld I think I have a little bit more faith in humanity that I I really think that um it wouldn't go that way because the only way the only way it would go that way is if since it's our nature to be uh, power hungry and greedy only if someone were a person were in power in control of these uh reckless um AI yeah, because we're just we're we're ingrained to be human. We we're not going to allow something to have control over us unless we can control it. One person could make it happen. Yeah. Oh, let's much, hope that if that happens, yeah. I hope that if that ever happens, I won't be alive to see that. You know. Well, yeah. it kind of reminds me of having um, uh, there's this. Um, having toys that children learn responsibility, like not a real dog, but then they take care of it like a real mm-hmm. dog. Why don't you just give it a real dog to take care of it? I mean, that's that same kind of um, mentality of mm-hmm. uh, a step away from real humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I now have some questions to the listeners. So what do you guys think about all that? Um, do you have an optimistic view on the AI or a pessimistic view on one. And also, if you're interested to hear more about, you know, different dystopias and the scenarios, uh, you can check out the episode about dystopias, which we had not long ago, I think like a month or two ago with um, Gary and Maria, I think it was. So, all right. So, Barbara, Ben, so how would you summarize this episode for our listeners? Just in a few words technology and how it affects our lives uh the pros and cons the pros and cons okay so is there anything that changed your view on ai or something new that you've that you learned during the episode i I wasn't aware of how advanced some of the medical things were yeah me me too Yeah. yeah 
And I, I wasn't aware of dystopia. I didn't know that it was so prevalent that the people are making up stories and oh yeah, god, I had no so idea. many, so yeah. many. It seems yeah. to be one of the most popular genres right now, which also you know makes us think why. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was the Big Apple School podcast. And today we discussed artificial intelligence. Uh, Thank you for listening. And remember, if you struggle to understand our conversation, you are always welcome to our website, which is bigappleschool.com slash podcast, where you can find all of the episodes and all of the scripts for each episode. So you can read and listen. Cool, right? Also, if you want to get more content which will help you learn English, you can follow us on the social media such as Instagram, VK, YouTube, Telegram, everywhere. We are everywhere. Just search our name, which is again, Big Apple School. So that was Katya and my guests for today were... Barbara. And... Benjamin. Stay tuned and we'll see you around.